you follow up Godzilla? This is the question we are going to deal with today, though realistically the question is more, how do you capitalize on Godzilla? On one hand, how can you turn a soulful art film about nuclear guilt into a blockbuster franchise? On the other hand, how can other studios capture this market? Our first port of call is Godzilla's direct sequel, Godzilla Raids Again. Even the title is indicative of the overall approach here. The only idea motivating the film being, it's more Godzilla. You liked Godzilla, right? You see, Godzilla was always supposed to stand alone. Ishida Honda had no plans to return to it, and neither did Toho. But then it made a lot of money. There was a real poetry to the end of Godzilla. The actual hope was that the film would coincide with the end of nuclear testing. Ignoring this idea is yet another hint of the motivations behind the sequel, as this film ignores any attempts at theme or message. It is just Godzilla again, with no raison d'etre outside of return. In fact, after a sequel never even being considered when Godzilla first arrived, Raids Again actually came out less than six months later. You heard that right. Less than six months. That is under six months in which we go from not even thinking about this movie to an actual movie in theatres. And it shows. Raids Again just rehashes elements of original Godzilla as an attempt to get the audience back. A starting boat accident? Check. Shots of signalers answering distress calls? Check. A vague love story, somewhat of a triangle, between our human characters that exists outside of Godzilla's story? Check. Godzilla revealed briefly towards the start, causing real chaos at the end? Check. A court scene starring Takeshi Shimura? Check. In fact, in the court scene, he even shows footage from the first film. We will talk about that later. But you know what? It's a sequel, baby. Let us throw another monster in, introducing Anguirus, a series staple that is often just used to be the recognized monster that gets beaten up to make another monster look good. Um, it's a cynical move to just double the monsters, but through this, we have the inception of one of the three Godzilla staples, the Versus movie. And um, we'll talk about this in the show. But, you know, Godzilla is a masterpiece. So Godzilla again with another monster, twice as good, right? Well, no. Um, where all the parts of Godzilla fit together and speak to a central core, even the love triangle is in conversation with the film's themes and messages. This film just exists to, well, exist. Every part you expect is here, but none of these parts fit together. This is all down to it being a rush job. The first one was given to Ishiro Honda, an up-and-coming director with, dare I say, a, a vision, or at least someone trying to make an intentional and singular work of art. For Raids again, we have Motoyoshi Oda. Yes, he, like Kurosawa and Honda, was mentored by Yamamoto, but fundamentally, Oda was known as the guy that gets stuff done. The safe hands is you needed to get a film out as soon as possible that would get bums on seats. Oda's background is not uninteresting, though. Tsuburaya, the effects wizard behind Godzilla, returns to the sequel and had worked with Oda before on The Invisible Avenger. Um, this is an Invisible Man movie. <laughs> Oda made a few of them, and these were actually the first significant science fiction films in Japan and birthed the genre, the subgenre, of the insubstantial man movie. Maybe when we're done with the big boy kaijus, we'll try these small boys on for size, I guess. Um, Godzilla Raids Again started filming two months after The Invisible Avenger wrapped up. A notable fact as it means the movie was genuinely designed around recycling props from that film. And while the original Godzilla inherited the crew from Narrow Saves When a Woman Ascends the Stairs, um, this gets The Invisible Avenger crew. And no shade on those folks, but it's indicative of the direction this film is taking. In fact, the film was so rushed that overt filming errors had to be included in the movie. There was no time to reshoot or redo, and whatever was shot was used. The clearest example of this is the fast motion fight between Godzilla and Anguirus, which looks ridiculous and feels like it should have Yakety Sax playing behind it. Well, it was not supposed to be there. Um, the camera operator was supposed to shoot in slow motion. 
Inexperience and rush conditions led them to the logical leap that slowing down the film into the camera would slow down the footage. Um, that's the opposite of how it works. He was supposed to overcrank the camera, shooting faster to gain a slow motion effect, but what was done was done, and the sequence will now forever be hilariously awful. Speaking of awful, the Americans had another go at re-editing this one. This time it wasn't even Godzilla, it became Gigantis the Fire Monster. Um, this title changes the surviving remnant of a bold project to make an American kaiju film. Brand new film, using the suits. They even bought and imported the suits from Raids Again. Um, the project was supposed to be about volcano monsters, but it fell through and we got a rushed re-edit. Where they even take out Godzilla's roar. Trust me, God... Trust me, Gigantis is even worse than the King of the Monsters. The previous American edit turns out a re-edit of a bad film is worse than a re-edit of a classic. Makes sense. But Toho weren't the only company keen to capitalize on Godzilla. Let's fast forward to 1965 when Daiei's Gamera, the giant monster, comes out. Again, titles are everything. Godzilla raids again must be called More Godzilla with Gamera. Daiei wanted a giant monster movie to rival Godzilla, so they literally called it Daikaiju Gamera. Daikaiju meaning giant monster. It's the equivalent of calling a film Superman the superhero because you know superhero films are big. Um, but where Raids Again is pure cynicism, Gamera is pure charm. The story of Gamera is the story of the giant turtle who could, the plucky underdog crafted from a genuine love of monsters and a burning desire to prove the haters wrong. The Gamera story starts how you'd expect. Dai wanted a monster movie. Godzilla was popular. At this point, the Godzilla franchise was five films deep, with a sixth film released in the same year as Gamera, and was now established as a family-friendly blockbuster series. This makes the more irreverent tone of Gamera make a lot of sense. This is not trying to ape the Honda original. This is trying to ape the kaiju genre that came arguably in the wake of that film, a different beast indeed, and we'll talk about what that genre is later in the podcast. But Dai also wanted to capitalise on the success of Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, Weird but true. The animal attack idea appealed to them, as did the giant monster genre, so they began work on Giant Horde Beast Nzura. Never heard of it? Well, it never came out. It was supposed to be about giant rats that would overtake Tokyo. At least one of them was the size of a mammoth, um, a problem that was solved when the rats decided to eat each other. Personally, I would have loved to have seen this. Sadly, or perhaps fortunately, it was shut down by the health department, as the wild brown rats used had the potential to spread disease. This left Dai in a difficult situation, as they had shoved resources into this film. They even had a director attached, Noriaki Yuasa, who was seen as a quote, and this is a quote, washout by management, and was only attached because everybody thought they were above the film and its genre. He was the only person willing to take it on. At this point, it's worth mentioning that Daiai are the studio that brought us Rashomon, Gate of Hell, Ugetsu, legendary prestige cinema that garnered international awards and almost universal acclaim. They also made the Zatoichi movies. Um, so, studio president Mayasachi Nagata was still determined to make a monster movie. He had already put money down to make monsters, and damn it, he was going to produce a monster movie. But about what? Well, welcome to the debated origin of Gamera. There are three stories to choose from. Pick your favorite. Story one, on an airplane home from the United States, after apparently seeing a vaguely turtle-shaped island, Nagata imagines seeing a giant turtle flying alongside the plane. Story two, artist, filmmaker, and co-creator of Spectre Man, Tomoyo Sagisu, wants to make a kaiju TV show. He brings his demo reel to Daiai in the early 60s. The reel is called The Colossal Turtle. It's about a stop-motion turtle monster that can pull in its limbs, expel flames, and fly. We only have Sagasu's word for this, but he claimed he was ripped off for the rest of his life. Story three. In reaction to Sagisu's claims, the special effects director of Gamera, 
Yonosabaru Tsukiji, introduced a new story. Nagata's son came up with the idea. Take your pick. We'll return to known history, though, as the giant turtle idea was given to screenwriter Nisan Takahashi. He's lived a short story treatment called A Lowly Tortoise Flies Through the Sky. A similar idea, I guess, but a title that evokes a very different tone. Clearly, this connotation wasn't what Nagata wanted, as Takahashi came up with another approach, a four-page treatment called A Fire-Eating Turtle Attacks Japan. Now, that's what Daya wanted. Nagata allegedly straight away requested a full screenplay. So, why the name Gamera? Well, he was supposed to be called Kamera, with a K. The idea coming from Kame, the Japanese word for turtle. However, Kamera was too easy confused with camera. So Gamera, it was merely to avoid confusion. At this point, the Gamera story is all soulless corporate maneuverings. The joy of Gamera derives from what happens next. As we'll cover in this episode, Gamera is a delightful movie, an underdog film, an adorable film, and this spirit is in its creation. Yuasa really battled against the odds to get this film done and was determined to prove the cynics wrong. Yes, Dai wanted the money of a Godzilla film, but they also hated Godzilla films, giving Yuasa no support and active scorn. Even his colleagues, not just the executives, looked down upon him for undertaking this project. So Yuasa went for it. He took courses on special effects filmmaking and actually co-directed the special effects with Tusukiji. And despite the odds, he made his turtle film. He dealt with them cutting the budget so much that it had to be in black and white. He dealt with having outdated tech. He dealt with not having the literal power available to properly light a soundstage. He dealt with sets being flooded from the ice that was rushed in. And he dealt with the flying Gamera prop burning for its wires and crashing down. Hell, he even dealt with the Gamera suit getting designed and built before even the script was finished. A 60 kilogram beast staffed by quote, the tough members of the prop department. And the result was Gamera. Lucky little Gamera, the friend to all children, the lovable giant turtle in a film that exudes charm, a film that is by no means brilliant and hardly celebrated, but one that Guillermo del Toro named in his top five kaiju films of all time. And compared to Godzilla Raids again, it is a perfect example of the right approach to capitalising on Godzilla. But... I will leave the discussion of the merits, or lack thereof, of the films themselves for the rest of the podcast. Welcome back to the third edition of Ranking the Monsters. This is Calvin. I'm here with Stephen. Hello. And uh, today we have two very different films. I I think your introduction serves very well. Before we get into it, I I do have two primary questions, (laughs) identifying questions about Kaiju. Are we including kaiju based on how thick their ass is? I mean, uh, is thickness <laughs> a, is thickness a qualifier? Yeah, um, in the in in the Discord around um, this podcast and around the site, there's been a lot of um, conversation about what is a kaiju, and I don't pretend to be a, be an expert on what a kaiju is. It is somewhat of a slippery definition, but I think thickness is a big part of it. There is this debate of like, because kaiju literally just means monster. Um, what we are actually talking about are guy kaiju films, but it's just become just. Um, just known slang as kaiju, which means giant monster. Um, so there was some debate about, um, does Jaws count as a kaiju movie? And right. um, Maybe kind of. My second question is, are animals monsters or are they animals? Because uh, in, in my idea, I think an animal can't be a monster. Um, unless, I agree. Unless it's been mentally reworked. And like, I don't even know if I could include Jurassic Park as, as monsters. Um, they're reanimated yeah, no, I, I animals, I believe. 
Yeah, I, I feel similarly to you there. And I think like King Kong is the straddling film, um, really, because King Kong is counted, at least the Japanese ones, as kaiju movies. Though I don't think I would count the original um, King Kong as a kaiju film because it feels very different to me. Um, so I think there is, a, there is a cultural sensibility at play as well. I think we're friends to animals on the podcast. I don't want to call them monsters. I don't want to consider them hmm. monsters. Um, I think an animal's instinct, if there is an animal film where it's uh, breaking out, usually it's humanity's fault, the, the reason they're doing it. Um, yeah. That, that might be true of our kaijus too, but um, well, I, 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 feel I, that... I just have a pause there. I don't want to call an animal a monster. <laughs> you know, I, I agree. Um, and I feel that in, in the fiction of the films, um, Godzilla is an animal. Like, And I think, I mean, mm-hmm. later films, I think okay. like um, Shin Godzilla is really good at that, at animalizing him. Um, and a lot of the middle films, especially, actually, I'd say kind of like the, the early to late Showa periods, the first period of Godzilla, really go out of their way to humanize Godzilla, um, to make him seem like a goofy kind of like lovable. He becomes a dad at a certain point. Um, so that's what they're going for. And then your mid-period Godzilla makes him kind of like brutal again. Um, and your later period Godzilla, as typified by Shin Godzilla, goes to this is an animal, but it's definitely thing of in the fiction of the film, it's an animal, but it's not a real animal because right. to us, it's a monster. And I think that's an important distinction. Because a shark, I believe, is just doing shark-ass things. I don't think it's a kaiju attack on a, a beach. It, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's our fault that a shark attacks us on the beach. Uh, probably not yeah, and, and though, like, obviously many kaiju films have dealt with the idea that it's our kind of, like, hubris yeah, that yeah. brings the kaiju, um, I think you're, you're right, it is very different to this is the beach of the shark bear, though I would love to see Jaws from Jaws's point of view. So they um, so they have to have a big ass and they can't yeah, be oh yeah, yeah. Those are the they two. cannot lie. Yeah. <laughs> they they have to have a mix a lot, mixes a lot. Yeah, exactly. Baby got yeah. back is what we're saying. Um Godzilla Raids again should be called Godzilla Got Back, because then that would work in multiple ways. It's all um, about the Anaconda, as they say. Hmm, which is not a kaiju, I'll say it. The film Anaconda will not be covered on this show. No, absolutely not. I'm glad we have a definition of what won't be covered. I think we've done pretty <laughs> good at covering what will be covered on the show. So I think to uh, start laying a groundwork of what we're not going to do is very important too. Uh, hmm. No television shows, by the way. That's my uh, that's my edict. Uh, we might I do like a Neon Just 7 Julian movie, but uh, the television yeah. shows are out yeah, and I will make sure I've watched um, Ava to do that. I've started watching Ava with some friends and I'm watching it very, very slowly. But we're going to do End of Evangelion especially and probably the other ones. So That'll be one of my intro, intro essays. Yeah, no, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, we've, 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 I mean, we went for the debatably kaiju last week. I mean, I yeah. know that um, Guillermo calls his creatures kaiju, but they are very much kaiju homage. Um, and again, it's more of a mech film, as we talked about. <laughs> And Clover side to be fought by Max. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's more of a side order of kaiju. You know, you get a side kaiju when you order this nice at this nice restaurant. Um, and <laughs> Cloverfield is just like drama film that happens to have a cool ass monster in it, and the, the monster is cool as hell. Um, but kind of like bungles the kaiju thing. Gamera is a straight up kaiju movie, and I mean, Godzilla raids again is a straight up kaiju movie. Gamera might be the most kaiju movie, the most present mm. kaiju in a movie that we've covered yet. So I. Uh, there will be interesting discussion about that later. I am like the child of Gamera. I, I am fascinated by the turtle. Oh, I love Gamera. I was was reading up about Gamera um, just for the podcast today, just a bit of extra research. And are, are you aware of like his his later moniker that he's a friend to all children? I am somewhat aware of it. I've just heard it <laughs> passed around and I've embraced it already. And well, I that's exactly how it's done in the film. It's just like I think it's Gamera Four, where like some kid is like, "There's Gamera. He's a friend to all children." I'm like, "Cool, that's canon now." All right, we're rolling with it. Just because um, the kid wasn't afraid of him, right? Um, yeah, just, genuinely. You know? 
Um, I was reading about it. So there's a moment in Gamera where Gamera, who just will kill any adult he sees generally, will murder an entire town, cold-bloodedly, <laughs> like sadistically, like he brings fire on the entire district of Tokyo. Bam, he will kill their parents, their guardians, whatever. But children, no, he waits for them to grow up and then he murders them. Um, but there's a point where he just, for no reason, just saves this little boy called Toshio. And apparently they just got so much fan mail from children saying how much they loved Gamera that they just made that canonical, that he just loves children. Despite this death count you just described, I find him very endearing and, and he's so endearing monster that um, that I could forgive him too if he came in and he yeah. uh, if he wanted to come hang out and despite his atrocities, I'd feel pretty good about a, a well, pet that's... turtle. That's a thing that the Gamera series kind of like, it does actually deal with later. The um, Gamera is famous for um, being in two eras, two very distinct eras, whereas Godzilla is in several eras. We're so you have the sh- Showa, right? Yeah, we're, we're in Showa okay. for both of them. So the eras are named after the, the eras of Japan, the, mm-hmm. the emperor at the time. Um, so the Showa Gamera chronology is just ridiculous. Like if you think the, the Showa Godzilla movies are that, there's just, they are way more child-friendly and then way more hyper-violent. It's utterly bizarre. Um, but you have to deal with this idea in the, in the Gamera movies that in this movie, as we've mentioned, Gamera just like burns the hell out of the entirety of Tokyo. And then three <laughs> films later, he's everyone's best friend. And you're like, yeah. wow, okay, that's how charismatic this dude is that he can kill your father. You're like, Gamera, you rule. Um, Godzilla even seems to go on and off with that with that kind of relationship to humanity. I feel like he's probably a hero in some of the movies. He is, but he's... He's more presented as like the guardian, like stewardship right. kind of idea. Like he's not our friend, but he is a <laughs> it's figure. A weird he's thing for him to, to be our friend. <laughs> Where it's camera, it's just our buddy. Yeah. Um, why? <laughs> Which is why the, the 90s trilogy, which is the get where, where Gamera got good in quotes. I mean, I would argue mm-hmm. that Gamera is, is, is good for a long time. It's already when good, it gets yeah. yeah, it gets like legit, like these are good films. Um, those films actually deal with the idea, like one of the films is directly about when Gamera attacked, he killed my family and everyone loves Gamera and I cannot forgive Gamera for that. So it actually makes it kind of like narrative, which which is really cool. I like that. That is um, neat. So Gamera goes places. Um, and we'll get to clip shows real soon of Gamera as well. <laughs> I, I guess the thing about Gamera too, the bipedal turtle, I can't really get past not liking him. Yeah. So. Should, we, should we deal with describe? Because in case you've not yeah. seen Gamera, first of all, just, just Google Gamera because I realize he's not as heard of as I, as I think he is, um, though he exists in popular culture everywhere. Like a friend of mine who still for some reason plays Lord of the Rings online um, <laughs> was telling me he was fighting some giant turtle. And I was like, Gamera? And he showed me a picture. I'm like, yeah, that's just Gamera. And he's like, who's Gamera? And I'm like, okay. Um, so this is your first Gamera, but you knew of Gamera. Um, tell us about Gamera. What does he look like? What is he? I, I knew about Gamera because of the Arrow set. And I feel like he's had a mm. rising popularity level with like Godzilla's reintegration into like a Western market. But I yeah. think Gamera is special because he's a bipedal turtle for one and he could stand upright but he's also like this hulking mass and he could go into his shell of course so he has like that protective layer which is very good for a kaiju i believe to have that defensive shell but also he has rockets within his shell <laughs> which reveals off through the movie. Yeah. oh i'm gonna spoil the beginning of the second camera okay. for you because it's glorious um so th- th- this camera movie ends with the amazing i mean it feels like they're making up the plot as they go along which it seems like from the context they just were um and somehow all the world has got together to do this plan of jettisoning camera into space in a rocket they just had lying around i'm, I'm, I'm clapping it's glorious yeah so they jettison camera into space and the next movie just starts with just like yeah well camera can fly in space so it's back now I mean, famously, I think the thing that the internet knows about Gamera is that he's a gymnast. Um, 
Mm, yeah, that, that is a later movie. That movie rules. That GIF is what people know about Gamera. They see him spinning around. They know the uh, Mystery Science Theater, yes. I think, is the popularization in the West. I think that's yeah. how we've uh, uh, come to Gamera. I don't necessarily know that we would have without Mystery Science. You know, I, I, I think so, yeah. yeah. That wonderful moment where it's like, I've only realized how weird this movie is, and you see this Gamera doing gymnastics. You're like, yeah. <laughs> MST3K actually covered Gamera twice, um, okay. the movie Gamera twice. They did the um, the American version and the Japanese version, um, which is kind of cool. And then they did um, later Gamera films after that. Um, but yeah, like Gamera is a giant turtle that T-poses. It's just glorious. Have you seen that that meme of the anteater that stands there being like, I'm an anteater? Um, yeah, very it's good. Just, it's just that and he's amazing he's got these like real doofy like um horns like fang horns that come under and he's just he just looks stupid it's like a turtle dragged out in word with no kind of like sense of dynamics to be the size of godzilla isn't it interesting that although uh godzilla was already introducing like a adversary kaiju by the second Mm. movie that gamera started with this uh introduction that was more like gojira where it's just the, the yeah. one creature primarily it it didn't play into that despite the tendency it has where we would say this movie is cynical it doesn't do all the things it goes straight for what the original movie did which i think must have still been a want of people that were going to godzilla hmm, i think like, so this was a viable alternative of something that you might be missing if you're not on board with the multiple monsters which uh, i'm afraid to tell you i might not ever really get on board with but uh. well yeah like and godzilla took a while to get back to the this is just a monster um Um, movie i mean were were there others that were just godzilla again yeah i mean it's they like to reboot the franchise every now and then they they bring it back to Mm -hmm. this is just godzilla or it might as well just be godzilla um so or there's like there is one threat at the end but it's very much still godzilla as the threat um and like they they somewhat play with that towards the end of Showa. Like the, the last Showa film is almost out. There is another monster, but Godzilla is very much through a threat. But then there is the um the eighties reboot, um, which was Godzilla ninety two five in um the US, but um Godzilla returns, I believe, in Japan, which is just Godzilla again. Um, and they keep going for that. So they're like that, and then there's the Godzilla Millennium. Oh, Godzilla two thousand, I think I forget what it's called, which again is that again. Still to bring it back. So yeah, you're right. I think Gamera was like, this is just a monster movie again. Like Godzilla's become like Godzilla and friends. Yeah. Like the Smash I, Brothers of, of Godzilla movies. They're in space, whatever. This is, yeah, it's a monster. Look at it. I think like the utter simplicity, even Gamera might be more simple than Gojira. Um, oh, totally. in, a, in a way, it's reduced in a way that I find really satisfying to like a, it doesn't even, I don't even have to think about like a nuclear holocaust. I could just enjoy mm-hmm. a spinning turtle. That's nice for me. And I love that they play with the idea of there's someone being like, we should keep Gamera alive, but no one really believes that or really cares about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, just there because it's a trope of the film, which is such a great difference in these two films. Of I feel right. that both films are doing things that are there because it's a trope of the genre, whereas oh, yeah. Gamera is doing it because it loves it and because it knows it's silly. <laughs> whereas Raids Again is doing it because it's like, that film worked, let's do it again, but we don't know why it worked. It, I mean, they don't know why it worked. They don't have the capacity. They don't have hmm. the uh, Naruse people to make it work. They don't, you know, they don't have that those tools. Yeah, and well, they make a movie in five months, like that's that's what happens. Like and Gojira wasn't made because it worked either. I mean, it was made for hmm. unique, special reasons. Like you couldn't also know why Gojira works and make Gojira just because it worked and came out come out with something special i think amara is special for other reasons because it's charming and because of everything you said it's a hard fucking process to make a movie (laughs) like that and they went for it whereas it raids again 
Uh, we should talk about the kaiju in that movie first, I guess. Yeah, actually, because that is worth talking about because it is this is really interesting because this is it is not Godzilla. It is not the Godzilla from yeah. Godzilla. That Godzilla dies in that film, um, is reintroduced later as a plot point. Um, but arguably, if we're going to go by the Godzilla cinematic universe, the Godzilla introduced in Braids again is a different member of the same species that becomes Godzilla for the rest of the movies. Arguably, are they, are they using the same suit, but it's more ragged, or is no. it a new? It looks like a terrible um, version of that first suit. Yeah, it's it, it's remade, and they remade okay. a suit for every every movie up until the eighties. And there's a new suit for each film because they they burn through them really quickly. Okay. And you'd even get several suits per film, and you can see in some of the films that the suit changes. But this okay. one was redesigned. Um, they they made him less chunky. Um, they made is him that more. The problem is he still I a kaiju? So. Is he not thick enough for our, for our meter? Um, well, because this is when we get to like the the genre of Godzilla movies, and yeah. my theory, and we'll see if it holds out, is there are three types of Godzilla movies, and this is interesting because you've seen the three new American ones, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, what yeah, the maybe. Americans have done have they've done one movie per so far, which is kind of cool. So you have the Godzilla film, which is either one monster or two monsters, where it's just and the monster at the end is there as like a, a video game final boss. So mm-hmm. Godzilla, Gareth Evans. Um, reboot is very much that the first Godzilla is that Godzilla goes to a city destroys it maybe he saves it from like a bomb or a threat or a monster but it's very much linear here's Godzilla he goes to the city babe picking city Godzilla lives in city you, you get it then there is the versus movie which is Godzilla versus Kong of the recent ones where there's mm. like it's a grudge match that's kind of built up throughout the film they fight once in the middle and they fight again at the end and that's what Godzilla Reigns again is and it brings that to the genre and they become that for a, for a while then there's the battle royale really, which is the the All Monsters attack. The All Monsters attack is a different movie. Um, Destroy All Monsters is the one that does that. Um, And the King of the Monsters, the new one, is very much that genre, where it's just like, how many monsters can we fit in one film make them all fight each other? I'm really interested to see what you think of Destroy All Monsters, because I think it's awesome. I think that's what I'm going to push back against the most, are are the Mm. the All Monsters in one. I I think I like the really focused one monster. I like a little bit less the two monsters, but multiple i i have to experience it let's uh you know, let's i think i'm everything. going to change your mind on that because like two of the best godzilla films are destroy all monsters which is the first and it, it, that was like the avengers for its time genuinely in the sense of there are godzilla movies and there are other kaiju movies made by honda and made by toho so there mm. are there is rodan and there is atragon um which is about manda um atragon's a, actually a submarine um with atomic is it atomic dragon that rides it Weird movie. Um, the Gotengo is a submarine. Um, and you've got Rodan um, and you've got Varan. Um, and these exist in different movies. And then Destroyer Monsters just brought all these characters together in one film, which I think is kind of somewhat equivalent to, oh, I saw Iron Man and I saw Captain America and I, I saw the whatever TV show and they come together. And that movie really works. Um, and then later you've got um, GMK, which its full name is, if I can get it right. Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters, All Out Attack, which is the greatest of any movie ever, which is the director of the later Gamera films, of the, the 90s Gameras. They give it, they give him Godzilla, and it is just this massive battle royale, and it's so hardcore. And then you have Final Wars, which I don't like, but I know a, a friend of ours um, is a big fan of that. So you would say, I, I think I'll, we'll have to get to how I feel about them when we get to them, but mm. um, Raids, again, isn't a kind that I'm particularly... Well, I think the versus is different. I think the versus is the weakest of the three. I think the the generic blah versus blah 
unless they're built up as a boss at the end. I think Godzilla versus Biollante does that perfectly because it builds up this great fight against Biollante at the end. And you know that like, he's the real threat of the movie and he's a yeah. threat to humanity. It's not just like, this is of a piece of Godzilla, sorry, King Kong versus Godzilla, the next movie, not the, the 60s one, not the, um, the new one where it's just like, it's a wrestling match. And that's not as fun to me. That's that's the thing in Raids again is the mm. the main fight is a kind of a janky wrestling match and it's it's not interesting there's no stakes in the battle. Yeah. So uh, it feels like it's like a back and forth between these monsters one of them uh you kind of cared about in the last movie but as you say it's a different version of him and <laughs> yeah. the other one you don't care about. So uh there's really no stakes there at all. I don't I don't care if new Godzilla dies. I don't really care if his a uh, What's the other guy called? What's uh, Angiris? Uh, who who Angiris. who gets his later? I I do like Angiris, and Angiris is he he Even gets cool later. Do you like him? Um, I like the look of him. I think okay. he's a really cool looking kaiju. Um, and we'll we'll talk about that in a bit. But like, I like the role that Angiris plays in these films. Um, he is very much that, as I said in my intro, that classic character of he is just the monster that you recognize that exists to get beaten up, and they, they use that in all the movies pretty much. Of if they want to make the new villain look bad, they make him fight Angiris and beat up Angiris, um, and that is his role. Um, so it's weird seeing him become that later. Maybe I'll enjoy him more as that kind of foil, and uh, maybe his introduction just isn't strong because this movie's not, not well made, um, and because it. Okay, I should get to my main problem with Godzilla Rage again, <laughs> which is that it, sucks. it. Yeah, it sucks, and there's the the moment where they show the footage of him, and this really rubbed me the wrong mm. way, and then it followed my feeling the rest of the movie. They cut the sound out and they show the historical clip or the uh, news clip of Godzilla. <laughs> and there's no power or fury behind it. Uh, there's no Godzilla yell. There's there's no sound. You realize yeah. Godzilla doesn't work as silent film. Um, sadly, yeah, that's the nothing there. And it's even worse because it's in a scene that doesn't need to exist. That's only right. there because it was in the previous film. So it cuts to, we found the new Godzilla again. And we'll talk about that. And it cuts to Takeshi Shimura, who's back there picking up a, a paycheck. He's only in this scene. Mm. And he is the character returned. And he's like, I was there when Godzilla attacked next time. Here's some footage of it. I'm like, dude, so is everyone. Um, it doesn't really matter. And part of me thinks it's hilarious that he plays footage of the previous film because as i said to you um via chat the sense that it's clearly a motion picture i'm like yeah. takeshi shimura like when did you have this lighting crew and like these several like camera like setups like this is a movie this is not just like fan footage um fascinating but you're right and we talked about on the first episode how the score of godzilla like the they wanted to make it so he was part of the score. The sounds that he made were part of the music of it. And like the percussion matches the footfalls and the yeah. roar gets into the melody. And like, it is, is such an expressive, everything works. You just take a bit of Godzilla out of context. It looks stupid. Oh, of course. And there's a, something about showing this greater film within this mm. one is really <laughs> insulting to this film because, because when yes. you see that perfect framing or, or you see Naruse's crew going to work and, and then yeah. you're reminded of what a, what you saw before and what you're about to see later. I think yeah. that whole moment really sinks the whole film in a way. I couldn't even come back to any redeeming value. I guess the thing for me to really get into is that you liked this movie before. I'm very surprised. I did. Yeah. Um, I, 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 first time I watched this, I was quite fond of it. I liked the, I liked its badness to a degree. I liked the silly, like, sped up fight scenes. They were hilarious to me. And it was yeah. funny to, to find out that was actually done by accident, which right. is... Oh, God, poor dude. Um, 
But I think the reason that I ever liked it is because I, when first getting into Godzilla movies, I was finding as many as I could and I didn't have the box set yet. So I found a version of what I thought was Godzilla Raiders again. And it was the goddamn American version. And I didn't know it's the American version for a little bit. I was like, what is this? Um, and it was so bad. Like have a gigantic, the fire monster is so bad. Like it doesn't make any sense. It's re-edited madly. Like they get rid of Godzilla's roar. They give, Anguirus and Gigantis, it's not Godzilla anymore, Gigantis, the same, they make the same sounds. Oh, no. It's it's so bad. So to see a movie that wasn't that, I was like, this is great, best movie, whatever. (laughs) So I watched it directly after that film, which is like, yeah, no, this is good. It's good and I like it. So it's all relative to that. But I think watching them in closer proximity to these better movies, whether it's like Pacific Rim or, God, even Cloverfield, I might say, is a significantly better made movie. Um, Oh, yeah, 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 no, I agree. Yeah, I, I think you I think you definitely see the the faults come through. Um not so much for Gamera, which uh holds up against uh everything <laughs> we've been watching in a way that I'm a um I'll I'll crown champion later in the episode, I'm sure. He I yeah, Gamera is just funny and like it just the film isn't wrecked by that. Um yeah. and improved it, by it. Yeah, totally. And it like it's full of really stupid lines. It's full of scenes that are just there because that's in Godzilla, but then it does it so knowingly. So it does also start with the signaling scene and like the boat stuff. I'm like, ah, yeah, it's a Godzilla movie. And then when just Gamera erupts from the peak of a mountain, it just like zooms on his face. And he just looks so stupid. And they've got this like stone that's the Gamera stone and everyone knows him by name straight away. And they say that he's the devil. And I'm like, what is going on? Well, you talked about the other roars in these movies, but when I heard Gamera's shrieky roar the first time, I fell over on the couch i was laughing so hard that i i was immediately in when as you say this introduction to gamera <laughs> might be the best introduction to a creature we ever find but uh i'm very happy with him just juxtaposed against the way that godzilla 2 and Angiris uh introduced in raids again it's just they happen to be on an island and it's mm. taking like 20 minutes to get if i mean it's only like eight it's, minutes but it feels so like half feeling, an hour yeah. of just like this plane flying around being like i'm lost where's my girlfriend i'm like i don't care um and they just look up and there are these two monsters just fighting You're like oh, okay hi hi i guess would you say that there's uh any like uh themes that are taken from godzilla of course godzilla has all these other meanings would you say that raids again or gamera have those inherent in them I don't think Gamera does at all. I think Raids no. Again almost has the idea of self-sacrifice because it goes the idea of the the pilot who needs to be a better person and that sense of... I think I was reading what David Caleb was writing about Raids Again um, and he's he's stronger on it than I am. And I know um, our, our mutual friend, Deef, is, is stronger on the film than I am. Um, and that there is the idea in it about... It's about rebuilding. It is a post-war Japan film as opposed to a Japan reckoning with its destruction film. So if Godzilla um, or Gojira is about Hiroshima, this one was about the rebuilding of Tokyo. Um, And it's very much about the destruction has happened and we don't want it to happen again. And a better film could make something of that. And I do actually like the scene where, because it's Osaka and Hokkaido now, and, I, and Osaka, which is a city I've been to, and I, I love one of the first cities in the world, and it's it's so famous for its, its big strip with the huge glowing lights. Mm-hmm. And seeing all those lights shut down is quite a powerful moment of that sense of the fear of Godzilla arriving. And then the way that he arrives is just not very good. But yeah. there is that idea of a, of a nation that's been really destroyed by a war for, for reasons we don't want to get into because the politics around that are very co- complicated and it just not wanting to suffer that again. And it's a shame because 
that is a great sequel to Godzilla. That's a great idea of being like, let's continue the metaphor of um, a nation dealing with being destroyed and not wanting to be hurt again. But then they just don't do that because they don't know how to do that. There's something symbolic about a sequel being a rebuilding too of, a, mm. of something that you had there, rebuilding a new Godzilla and uh, restructuring um, some glory for Japan. But uh, I think Gamera was far enough away from the war at that point that it, it <laughs> yeah. didn't necessarily have to be a commentary on oh, it. Right? Oh God, I wrote down so many lines. I even turned to Emma. I kept just just showing bits to Emma being like, look at this movie. It's so ridiculous. So I just wrote down so many lines, but the one for me that is so like Gamera does not care is yes, it wants to be Godzilla. So it does the, an A-bomb has upset and mutated a turtle thing. But they say an unnamed country's A-bomb. I'm like, well, there's only one country that's dropped an A-bomb. We know what country you're talking about. So the the needs to be like, it could be anybody shows how uninterested this is in having any politics (laughs) in making any statement. They're not even going to say about American nuclear tests. like, you know, an unnamed country as if it was like, well, could be anyone. It's a it's a Ubisoft uh, E3 conference of a political (laughs) movie, isn't it? Um, and I, and then they even like have all the newspapers showing um, Gamera's arrival, and they cut instead of the stuff that just says the name of the country. And there's a great bit where it just says Soviet Union on the screen. And actually, there's a later movie <laughs> yeah. where we, learn, we we do learn later that Gamera right. is a communist, and we'll get to oh, that. Oh, he is. Um, I... <laughs> there's a gif that I use a lot of him flying over the hammer and sickle. So is he Gamera really? Rules. I, I love um, I love Gamera. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, there's, there's, there's a powerful Eisenstein-style image of him at a World's Fair, which is framed of him flying over the Soviet structure. And just That's this amazing. hammering sickle underneath Gamera as he's flying bravely. Oh, God, I love him. Um, <laughs> but the other great quotes, these two quotes come close to each other. One person says, SOS, gigantic turtle sighted, height approximately 200 feet. And then it cuts to the Americans, and the guy just says, and he says this so calmly, I don't know, sir, looks like a huge turtle made its appearance. Like they're approximately 200 feet as well. <laughs> it's like, you know, huge toe. And yeah. I, you see it every day. <laughs> I oh. like the I like the boy taking the time to draw the, the figure of the turtle too. I like when these <sighs> figures are drawn, drawn into the world where the characters uh, uh, recontextualize them the way they see and think of them. That's important to me. Yeah, and, and the kid finds... So there's a, there's a kid, Nick Toshio, who's the he's the son of someone that's actually important to the plot, and that's why he is in it. Um, I say plot very, you know, broadly, because Gamera hardly has a plot. Um, and he just, like, wiggles his way into the film. And his connecting fact is he loves turtles. He just loves turtles. And he has a little turtle. And one of the plot points the film hinges on is he decides to follow the logic of his turtle to find the logic of Gamera. <laughs> They can't find Gamera and he goes, well, no, when my turtle goes missing, it goes here. Therefore, Gamera must go here. And he's right. <laughs> the best part is that he's right. Uh, he's yeah. very much the zombie looking boy on YouTube just saying, I like turtles. But but he's yes. always correct. And the boy having a, a spiritual connection to Gamera through his turtle, I think, is powerful. Um, yeah. Powerful oh, he- filmmaking. You know that bit in Obrover Art Thou when they think their friend's been turned into a frog? Yes, like, there yes. is a point in Gamera where he generally thinks that he's lost his little turtle because Gamera is just his little turtle. Right. Which is why he likes Gamera. And they I put a lot want... of stock into what this boy believes, too. I mean, the movie believes him. It, it's oh, nice I... for me. Yeah, the, it does. Like the, the the movie is 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 in in is in concert with him. It's a bit towards the end. Again, this is the the kind of movie we just want to list things that happen in it because it's just so ridiculous. Of 
they are about to attack um, Gamera. So they've taken the option of we're going to shoot nuclear bombs at him because, you know, it's a monster. That's what you do. Yeah. And if you liked, if you thought of the film was real for a second, and I, I encourage you to do so, it's obviously taken so much already, infrastructure yeah. and so much labor to get these like warheads. It implies it's this kind of like, as Sontag says, this kind of like utopian idea in quotes of like future global warfare we're all united because we're able to fight um so you've got this army here of their nuclear warheads that takes a long time to do it's all set up and it's already everyone's here watching and the guy's about to send off the attack and then the kid just arrives and says don't do it and i wrote down the exact quote this boy has a point please call off the missile launch yes <laughs> they, they put so much stock into the boy and, and i really yes. love that about the movie just imagine though if you were hired and you just like dragged this nuclear warhead out to this random part of japan you're like this took me five days to get here and now some boy has said don't do it and i don't get work today the boy says stop don't and then you call <laughs> it the nuclear lunch which i think is fantastic stakes in a movie absolutely um, brilliant yeah absolutely uh, i'll probably raise my score on gamera next time because i like everything yeah. we're talking about so much and uh, there's nothing oh, that we've mentioned that I haven't liked. <laughs> I know. There's even a point where a scientist claims that Plato mentioned fire-eating creatures. Okay, let's be realistic. Though. <laughs> like, structurally, as a movie, I mean, there, there are parts of Gamera that aren't that interesting. There's there's parts of Gamera that don't hang with Gojira. Uh, no, it's, it's it's not a good film. Like, I want to say at best, it's, uh, we're having fun with it as a B-movie. I don't want to make it yeah. out that uh, it's a flawless film because of the way we're describing it sounds like a lot of fun. It, and it is a lot of fun, but it's, it, it is. is the kind of film that you want to watch a people and joke at. Like it, it, you are laughing halfway between with and at the film at all points mm. of it is trying to be good. And it ends up being kind of like semi self-aware silliness. Um, but at points, like there are points where it just rips off Godzilla scenes. Like there's a point yeah. where there's the electrical fence that he goes into. It thinks that is as mighty as it is in Godzilla. And it's not. And those bits <laughs> are the weakest point. And when right. Gamma attacks the city, it just, it's supposed to be frightening, but you're like, dude, you just saved a kid and they just burned that entire family. It doesn't the matter, he, yeah. The only pulls over Tokyo Tower kind of rules, um, because this film comes after Mothra, um, and in Mothra's first film, Mothra likes to cocoon on Tokyo Tower, so it's definitely seems to be like, a, yeah, well, I'm going to rip this over. Um, so that is kind of cool. Yeah. Well, what do you say we uh, get to rank in these guys? Yeah, I think so. Like, I, Godzilla raids again, I think... I. There is a really good bit in it, actually. I mean, when Osaka Castle is being like torn apart by the two monsters, that bit looks brilliant. It's a shame that it's shot so badly, um, but that bit looks great. There are nice moments of good special effects in, in... Godzilla Rides again because really? they've got talented people making it. Um, I'm I'm pretty indifferent to any any moments in Rides again oh, that, because that I was so far out that I great. I was so far out that I hardly cared by that point. Um, Oh, as a piece of practical filmmaking, it's a lovely model, and seeing the model okay. get broken really nicely is 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 really good. The like, modeling that, is good in it still. Yeah, that bit is better than any destruction in Gamera, but the movie Gamera is so much better that it's just like, well, and what? Because you're right, you don't care about it. I do like how Angiris looks. Um, I like because he's like he's an Ankylosaurus, so he's this like spiny, almost turtle-like dinosaur. He looks really cool. I like the way he moves. I like that he's quadru a quadruped. Um, uh, but the movie's just not good at all. And, like, and it, Gamera's a biped, which uh, I think outrules that. Uh, yeah, and he's not supposed to be, which is funny. But is it more interesting than... Well, I, let's go through our list first. We have number one, yeah. Godzilla 1954. Number yes. two, Pacific Rim 2013. 
three is Cloverfield, 2008. Four, Godzilla, 1977. And five, mm. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, 1956. <sighs> mm. Where um, do we place these? Uh, I think let's go with raids again first. I think that's actually kind of like an interesting conversation to have. Okay. Um, I want to place it underneath Cloverfield. You do. Uh, between Cloverfield, Godzilla, you think yeah. uh, raids again. Interesting. Well, I haven't because seen Godzilla, so it's, it's still not a point really a movie. Where... <laughs> like it's yeah. not. It's not actually a film. Um, so for me, I'm looking at between Cloverfield and King of the Monsters since I haven't seen Godzilla yeah. and I've left that one to you. Is it better than King of the Monsters? I think uh, it is. Likely because I mean that's the American version of. Uh, yeah, but but then that one, they both have footage of uh, Godzilla in it. They do. Neither yeah. are as good as Godzilla. One is culturally <sighs> insensitive about it. Um, I don't feel like this has a ton of cultural problems with the kaiju. Which, and I, I think it's worth mentioning, actually, the very beginning of Gamera, there is some weird representational stuff um, about yeah, communities that likes likes to misname a lot. So once you can, if you can get through the first literally two minutes, it's all fine. But the first two minutes, a lot of like superstition about believing in the devil of like weird cultural preparation stuff, which is which sucks. But yeah, there's nothing like heinous in Godzilla Raids again. And there no. is in late Godzilla movies and there is in the American remakes. <laughs> it's not um, offensive. Um I quite like the monster fight. I quite like you the do. way they bash at the each wrestle? other. I, I, yeah. I kind of like it. I like when he bites into his neck. I want to say the suits are terrible, though. I, I don't like mm, how that they are. They are. No, you're look. right. You're, you're, not, you're not wrong. They are like terrible. the kaiju-ness of it all. I think we're looking at thickness, too. And the less thick my Godzilla gets, the less happy <laughs> I am. That's a, that's a quote for the podcast. The less, yeah. the less thick he gets. I want that chunky motherfucker, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I guess I guess I do know what you mean. And I know I've got some time for a more live Godzilla at some point. You know, I like my Godzilla to be working out, but yeah. I also like a chunky boy. Um hmm. I just want a I, devastating ass behind that thing. Well, why I mean, seeing as we were so rough on Cloverfield, why are we saying that Cloverfield is a better movie? Well a better a better kaiju movie. I think the hard thing to define is whether it is more kaiju than Raids Again, because Raids Again at least has a monster battle i mean at least mm. as a monster doing something in frame um i i think that matters but i think the cloverfield suspense of not yeah. showing anything uh outweighs my feeling of raids against uh you know when it does show something it doesn't matter i think a uh, cloverfield not yeah. showing something matters more than raids again doing it and it it not producing any effect I also think like I will I will celebrate trying to do the interesting thing even if you fail way more than yeah. just oh crap let's do it again and th- they're the polar opposite then like Raids Again is just like uh, movie um, and Cloverfield at least has been like we are trying to do a postmodern take on the kaiju film <laughs> and I will therefore be like I-, I like that more than just bad kaiju film I should um, say Cloverfield I mean we're not ranking human elements here especially in this section of the podcast but yeah. Cloverfield has more going on in it it has a filmmaking technique and uh, yeah. it has actual producers who are engaged in like a, a process of creating something new. Um, so, I, I, I do think that humans are key to a kaiju film though, because I think you need them as the foil. Like there's you, a reason yeah, that need... every kaiju film has the human storyline. You need to bring it down to earth to make it matter. And Cloverfield gets close to doing that quite well in Raids Again. That's a good point to bring up, Gavin, because like this story in Raids Again, it feels like, directly two different films and i don't care about either of them there's a weird like love story going on that i could not be more bored by 
that has no relevance to the Godzilla plot. And if Godzilla went away, that film would still exist. And that's a problem to me. Whereas in the first Godzilla film, they are separated stories, but they intertwine with each other. Um, and Cloverfield, at least, like, it's the intertwining of stories as opposed to just the here are two narratives. Cloverfield's almost just like one story that happens to have some mm. kaiju bits in it. Um, whereas I agree that this is two things and neither of them especially work for me, but at least the, at least the kaijuness of it all was interesting enough to make a podcast about. Whereas the other half of it, nobody would ever talk about if it yeah. existed independently. And I, I, I think of Cloverfield and I think there are three moments in Cloverfield that, that make it just above raids game. Cause they're so great. Okay. It's the statue of Liberty head appearing. That is just incredible. Um, it's when you see Clover first start smashing through, skyscraping like what is that and it's the bridge scene and those three things are really cool or not quite realized but cool kaiju moments that even if they're not quite done perfectly are better than shonky rubber fight so we didn't really get into it enough last time i believe that uh clover is also a really cool monster that's just yeah. not shown i mean i have a lot of affection for clover as a design and i have a lot of affection for the idea that other people not me uh had to go digging for him and and they had this bigger experience that uh mm. there's a third story there or a second story in cloverfield's case where uh the movie continues after the movie and, and you have another experience that's your own with the monster um there's something there that that I think I like I, yeah. the different visual look of Clover. You're right. I like that he seems more like insect-like, that he's almost right. like a praying mantis yeah. kind of thing. He looks like this is a stupid reference. But you remember um Attack of the Clones, that yes, yes. that monster in in the um arena at the end with like the knife legs. That's, exactly always, that's right. a cool looking monster. And I like that thing of like it just it looks alien but bug-like. And kaijus aren't often bug-like, they go for like lizard-like or like dinosaur-like. And it's an it's an interesting new look for it, and it does a kaiju film, it should feel alien and strange. It should feel yeah. imposing. And him looking different, like he's from a different genus, is a really cool touch. It's why Mothra is so cool, because there's nothing else like Mothra. Like, that's that's a moth. What is that? Yeah, I, I mean, we want lizards, we want turtles, moths, mm. and uh, I think a praying mantis is so unique among, like, that mm. bunch. They could have easily just made him a rounded-off Godzilla, but uh, yeah, they did something really cool with Clover. that uh, It allows him to climb those skyscrapers and, like, hang on to them like he's, like, like in the way that kind of like Kong does, as opposed to just like walking through them, which I also do like. So uh, yeah, Cloverfield is Cloverfield is better. It's a better kaiju film. It's You're a better right. kaiju. It's a better kaiju film, and it's a better film. Should we put it in second place, Cloverfield? <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll leave no, it here. Not, it's still not Pacific Rim. <laughs> like, no, no. I I just feel like we're hyping it up so much. I'm getting excited about a uh, Cloverfield again. Uh, yeah, we'll, but then you we'll watch go, it. It's uh, kind of, yeah. Let's go Cloverfield raids again, Godzilla. So that's our. Our bottom Whereas if you here. told me a film was coming out called Cloverfield Raids again, I'd be like, thank God, because he didn't raid well that time. I'd love to see him raid again. I know. I, I'd i like more Cloverfield. Mm. I think that's our official uh, podcast stance is uh, go back to the original and uh, do another Cloverfield like that. Yeah, Clover Raids space. again. Make it, make it, <laughs> yeah, make it, please. make it. Um, which then I think this is the difficult thing of... Where do we put Gamera? I don't. Oh, I don't. Wait. I want you to go first. Okay. I think we put it in first place above Gajira. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think there maybe are some Gameras later that we could make the argument for because they are better kaiju films than ultimately. Because I think the thing we're learning is like Godzilla is is a film. Yeah. And is not even like a special. Like kaiju just becomes this like 
it becomes camp and it becomes about just like lovable destruction and the aesthetics of destruction as joyful. And Godzilla isn't that. Godzilla is a drama film mm-hmm. in which there is a villain. In fact, it's not even a villain. Like the enemy in Godzilla isn't Godzilla. The enemy is like the the hubris of man. The enemy mm-hmm. is what man can make and what we've done to ourselves. Like Godzilla would almost kind of work without Godzilla in it as a drama about people like talking about the creation of weapons. That's not a kaiju film. And I think there are some later Gamera films and there's some later Godzilla films that are just like, this is just a really good monster attack something and it rules. Remember when the turtle put a, had rockets inside itself? And somehow oh my God, it, yeah, that's so funny. Like halfway through Gamera, they just reveal, they go through this plot of like, how do we kill Gamera? And they're like, well, we push him on his back and he can't roll back over. Like that, um, yeah. uh, uh, there's, like there's an Abbas Kiryostami movie where it has like a really hot, the Wimble Carriers, which I really love. Have you seen that? No, no, I haven't. Oh, uh, there's one bit in it where they turn a turtle upside down and you just watch it for a while and that bit I really, really hate. The rest of the movie rules so much. So they tried to do that to Gamera and then Gamera just pulls his legs in and no, shoots out rockets and flies <laughs> off. And it's like, what? Oh, he can do that now. Okay, fair enough. So you're saying first place as well? I'm saying second place. I'm saying that I would take Gamera over Pacific Rim as a movie sure and as that? a kaiju movie. I'm not sure as a movie. I, I find Pacific Rim so entertaining and I do think it's valuable for uh, children of like modern days to have like a big entertainment at the theater. I, I think the mechs I... are fascinating. Maybe I'm more of a mech guy than I've historically yeah. been a kaiju guy. I think you show a child camera at the cinema and they would have the same experience. They'd love it. Okay. I yeah. I mean, he is the uh, friend of all children. Exactly. And he, see, the, he gives back. The, <laughs> he's good at know, community service a, 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 a yes. kaiju doesn't give back in pacific rim uh what do you call it a jaeger doesn't give back gamera gives back he loves you too he loves the audience too the problem is that the kaiju are so disconnected within pacific rim from the actual mm. point and like the like we say we want the kaiju to reflect something about the people but in pacific rim the mechs are reflections of the people piloting them yeah. very literally there it's about human instrumentality and the neon genesis evangelion thing it's not so much about like a, what the kaiju means to us but uh, uh what yeah. our battle is against those kaiju i do feel like in pacific rim it it's it's fun and it's nice that it mm-hmm. is kaijus and i like that because gim loves kaijus and as you know he, he loves gamera and he loves these stuff but you could make the same movie with a different opposing force it could be just aliens and it would be the same film um it's nice that they are kaijus, but they don't have to be kaiju. Right, absolutely. Uh, so I guess it is our second place. I feel like Gamera is a strong second too. I feel yeah, like we're, it rules. We're really building a list that I'm I'm more proud of now. <laughs> which I, I I need to at this point mention the American remake of Gamera, which they put a second M in the title for no reason, so it's called Gamera, um, <laughs> just because they mis mistyped it, and it does the Godzilla King of the Monsters thing by re-editing the American storyline in it, which is even more ridiculous than ever. And at one point, they have Gene Siskel in it, um, talking on the air about the UN, it seems, about like whether or not we should kill Gamera or not, and about how his theories were wrong or not. It's like, what is going on? So yeah, that that's a thing. That call is it, a thing. Call it whatever you want, just don't call it Gamera-gate. <laughs> hey. Um, it's about ethics in, in Gamera movies. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, ethics in uh, Kaiju podcasts. Yeah. Okay, so for our final tally of this week's episode, our third inaugural uh, uh, Ranking the Monsters, I think that's what we call the show. Uh, yep. Our tally is Godzilla 1954, Gamera 1965, 
uh, Pacific Rim, 2013. Cloverfield, 2008. Godzilla mm-hmm. Raids Again, 1955. Godzilla, 1977. The best and Godzilla, movies. King of the Monsters, 1956. Yeah, it's, it's a cool looking list. Yeah, it's um, looking good. And we're going to get into some wider kaiju next time. Um, um, as always, we are, you know, a sister podcast of, of two other wonderful podcasts that you should be listening to, um, which I can talk about because I'm, I'm not on them. So I can say that um, the, the the Twin Geeks cast is wonderful and the highlight of the week every week, which has got um, Calvin on it um, and, you know, and David of the site, the Twin Geeks, which we are subsidiary of. And of course, um, Daydream cast as well. If you want to hear great talk and type of talk about video games from great people that know great things that go on to the old games and the new games um, and just know stuff and saying Daydream cast is a absolute beaut. Um, and also a thank you as always to Jack Davenport, who produced the phenomenal music for us. And I think we're going to have him on next time. Yeah, uh, what are we plan. discussing next? Uh, we have we have a couple yeah. of things lined up. He he has pitched because he actually he is a also a kaiju fanatic and he has pitched some kind of like fringe lesser seen kaiju films okay. for us to throw into the mix of these big boys, which I think is a nice way to go. We've gone for the the big titans, the new versions, and now I'm going to go for the more fringes of. So yeah, we'll be we'll be back with that, which I'm very excited about. Very exciting. So until then. Um, in the words of the Chinese proverb that Ishida Honda would always put on his scripts, read good books, say kind words, do good deeds, be a good person. Must